Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is sponsored by Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA, but also check out the Funkadelphia Southeast PA style IPA and, of course, the Pumpkin Ale. Enjoy a little autumn in the summer. But don't forget, coming in September, it's our official beer, the Pay Dirt IPA. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Pater is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline.ag today, or use your mobile device to join and place your first bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Pater is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. And of course, we encourage you to head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com, and search Pater for our two t-shirts. One as the official show logo over the heart, comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It's got the pay dirt word mark over the heart. And on the back, it's got Matt McGloin's name and number circa the 2012 Penn State football team, which this season we will be celebrating the 10-year anniversary of that team. So again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search pay dirt. Thank you all for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network. It's available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037, at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Matt, we are thrilled to have Penn State football literally right around the corner. Like, I'm so freaking bored of other sports. It's like, give me football or give me death. Uh, In the meantime, as training camp is continuing, and fortunately, not too many big headlines. Usually this time of year, the headlines you just want to avoid are like a major player transferring Mm -hmm. or getting injured. And so far... um, I think the only news in regards to that is Koziah Holmes, uh, uh, running back for Penn State, is no longer listed on the roster. So um, relatively quiet camp thus far. Fingers crossed it continues that way. That's very positive. So we're very much uh, excited for this episode because we've had so many great guests on this show. Um, we're thrilled to be kind of the Penn State Players podcast in a way. And this week, our guest is former Penn State wide receiver Jordan Norwood. Honestly, one of my personal favorites in the history of Penn State wide receivers. And Jordan was a part of the phenomenal trio that was Derek Williams, Deion Butler, and of course, Norwood himself. Um, When you think about Jordan Norwood, where does he fall in the pantheon of Penn State wide receivers for you? He's certainly up there. I mean, you look at the consistency he had throughout his career. You got to remember too, Tom, for somebody like Jordan Norwood, expectations weren't very high. 
right? He was an under-recruited guy. You know, he, he almost went to Bucknell, right, to play basketball and football, right? Ends up, you know, getting an offer to, to play football at Penn State at the last minute, um, you know, have the opportunity to stay home, be a part of that program. And, you know, what he was able to do over the course of his career was extremely impressive to play with Deion Butler and Derek Williams and be part of that wide receiver group that is arguably, you know, the best in Penn State history. Um, and to go on to the NFL and, and be a Super Bowl champion. I mean, just an incredible career. Um, so excited to have him on the show today. And I, on, on speaking of training camp, Tom, it's it's funny you mentioned that. And because and, I was looking at the calendar, and obviously Penn State kicks off on September first, which is a Thursday. So I'm like trying to trick my brain and be like, all right, so we just have to get to the Thursday before, and then it's game week. You know, I'm like trying to like you know trick myself. It's weird. Thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. Try to trick myself into thinking like it's gonna get here faster than it should. You know, just trying to speed the process up. Uh, but yeah, you know, a lot going on. You know, obviously with Penn State football right now. But but again, this this is a fantastic episode we have today, and uh, really excited to talk to Jordan. We always talk about, you know, the wide receivers, especially that James Franklin has recruited. And there have been some absolute stars. And you played with Allen Robinson in particular. We've had Derek Moy on the show. We've had Brett Brackett and Graham Zug on the show. Um, but also like Jahan Dotson, obviously, is hopefully going to do some great things for the Washington Commanders and the NFL. Um, Parker Washington is expected to be the number one guy this year. Mitchell Tinsley, the transfer from Western Kentucky University. And then you've got Keandre Lambert-Smith, Malik Mega. It just seems like the assembly line continues. And I would say that mentality or almost that assembly line, so to speak, kind of got reinvigorated in the mid 2000s with the likes of Norwood and that trio. Um, What do you think did it? Because that was obviously under Joe Paterno and then you go to Bill O'Brien and then to James Franklin. Yeah. I mean, you look at, I mean, you have to start with Derek Williams, right? Number one player in America. I guess he was, you know, an athlete, Right, he was recruited as an athlete. He wheels, man. You know, I think everybody at the time knew that he was going to succeed at whatever position you put him at. Obviously, he was a fantastic returner, um, and you know, one of the better wide receivers we've seen at Penn State. But I think when you when you add Deion Butler and you add Jordan Norwood to that mix, they, they all they, they they had balance, right? They found balance. They found that chemistry. They all played so well together because they all were able to do different things. Um, you know, and I think they were great veteran leaders as well, right? You mentioned a guy like Derek Moy, Graham Zug, Brett Brackett, you know, to be able to learn from one another and to continue to pass on what it means to be a Penn state wide receiver, um, you know, to carry that tradition, um, and understand what it means. And you know, we're still seeing it out there today. And the thing that's great, you talk about Moy, uh, Zug and Brackett, selfless, a selfless yeah. trio. I would argue the same for Williams, Butler, and Norwood, selfless guys, but just very different. You know what I mean? Derek was probably the the hood ornament, so to say, for that class, and he was the bright, shiny toy, kick return, et cetera. But there were games where Deion Butler would take over, games where Jordan Norwood would take over. And that selflessness, you, you don't see a lot from wide receivers. You know what that's all about. No, they just, they, they understand, right? You know, they, they understand they're part of something bigger than themselves. Um, you know, they, they understand how important team is. They understand how important Penn state football winning games is and was. Um, but yeah, 
you know, and again, I had the opportunity to, you know, uh, you know, see those guys work each and every day. And it was just business every single day. They had a lot of fun doing it. Um, they had a lot of fun playing together. Um, and just again, being able to watch that, see how they practiced, see how they handled different moments in different situations. Um, it was just incredible. Without further ado, our guest here on the show and on ESPN Radio State College, here's former Penn State wide receiver Jordan Norwood. Jordan, I know Penn State fans are going to be thrilled to hear from you. I'm curious, what have you got going on nowadays? How's life? Where are you living? What's going on in your world? Hey, I mean, everything's going great in my world. I I certainly can't complain. Uh, Wife and a a six and a five-year-old that I'm chasing around for the most part. But, um, but yeah, I finished up playing in 2017 and then stayed here in Denver, Colorado, uh, which is a great place to be. I don't know if y'all have been out here much, but um, do some photography, uh, do some stuff in the Web3 and blockchain space uh, with non-fungible tokens and, and that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, just a lot of exciting things going on out here. I got to be honest, I'm one of those millennials who has no concept of what an NFT actually is. But like, what has it been like delving into something that's so far removed from football? It's, it's been pretty cool. Um, I mean, there's there's definitely some ways to, um, you know, draw the comparison between sports and NFTs and, you know, the way you interact with trading cards and collectibles like you have in your background there. Um, you know, sort, the sorts of things that um, we all interact with anyways. Um, just kind of digitalizing those things and uh, tokenizing them is basically basically what NFTs are. Makes sense. I, I have this obsession with mini helmets that I've really got to really got to stop with. <laughs> uh, so, Jordan, let's uh, let's wind back the clock to your time uh, getting recruited to Penn State because you had an interesting journey. Um, you were obviously going to State College area high school, um, and, and Penn State wasn't necessarily. Um, you know, like, like beating down your door necessarily. There were a number of schools that you were talking to. So what was your recruitment process like? Yeah. I mean, I I was definitely uh, under recruited or, you know, not highly recruited for sure. Um, I mean, I was pretty undersized. I mean, I was um, like five, nine, five, 10, 145 pounds, 45, uh, (laughs) my, my senior year of high school. So I was a small, um, you know, late bloomer. Um, if you will. But, you know, I mean, I, I did a little bit there, um, you know, to catch Penn State's attention there late in my high school career. Um, prior to Penn State uh, or prior to the opportunity at Penn State, I was pretty dead set on going to Bucknell and uh, playing football and basketball at Bucknell. But, um, you know, Joe Paterno, you know, personally said, hey, we, we would like to have you here. Uh, my dad was on the coaching staff at Penn State, but he kind of stayed out of the recruiting process. Uh, completely. Um, but it was a, the wide receivers coach at the time, Kenny Carter, uh, was somebody that pulled me aside and was like, Hey, Jordan, you know, I know you're undersized, but you can play at the division one level. Like, trust me, I've seen a lot of receivers. Um, and, you know, honestly, it was that it was him pulling me aside that for me was the verification that I needed to be like, okay, I guess I can play at this level. Uh, you know, I, I think I need to get in the weight room or something, but, um, you know, he gave me a lot of confidence. 
I think it's something that's very common, and it's something for those that are familiar with the State College area. Obviously, we're broadcast on ESPN Radio State College. It's the dream of a lot of kids that play football at State College area high school and the surrounding high schools, for that matter, is to wind up at Penn State. Um, you talked about basketball. How much of a you know a, a tug was that for you to eh, maybe I want to pursue basketball? Yeah, I mean it was. Um... You know, I guess, you know, my first love when it comes to sports is basketball. I played a ton of basketball growing up, AAU and and that whole deal. But um, yeah, honestly, when I when I went to my guidance counselor at uh, at State College High School and, you know, told her that I needed some transcripts or, or something to send up to Penn State to the athletic department, um, you know, she thought I was sending it to the basketball department. Um, and I was like, no, I'm to the football department. She's like, Oh, I didn't even know you played football. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, that's, that's kind of how that went. You know, I, I, you know, I was probably known a little bit more as a basketball player. Um, fortunately I was able to play one year of basketball at Penn state. Um, you know, coach Paterno gave me the, you know, his grace to, um, you know, step on the basketball court for a year and, you know, that was all I needed, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was just a great college experience. Yeah. You got to scratch the itch there very briefly. Right. Um, so when you arrive on campus, the early 2000s had been rocky for Penn State. People were calling for Joe Paterno to either be fired or to step down. Um, but when you got there was really when the upswing started. What was your first year like as a Nittany Lion? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was in incredible, first of all. Um, I actually was just on, a, on the phone with uh, Dion Butler yesterday, um, just reminiscing a little bit. but. Um, you know, my my dorm room or, you know, Nittany Apartments my freshman year was myself, Dion Butler, Justin King and Derek Williams. And, you know, as you know, freshmen, we were in the in the room like, you know, are we going to be good? Like I can't like we feel like we're working really hard as a, as a you know, as, as four wide receivers, um, you know, freshmen coming expecting to play. And, um, you know, we just kind of took it one day at a time. We were so young and naive that you know, we just expected to, you know, go out there and catch the ball and score touchdowns and do all those things. And, um, you know, fortunately it played out that way. Yeah, Jordan, we're going to need Dion Butler's cell phone number uh, from you before we finish up today. Yeah, show we'd, love, we'd love, we'd love to get him on, uh, on the show. And obviously we'd love to have Derek Williams on, you know, uh, as well here as we get going with, with this podcast and with this show, but yeah. you know, you and I kind of went into Penn state kind of, you know, similar paths, I guess Penn state recruited you, a little more heavily than they recruited me. I was basically like, Hey Matt, you know, you can be preferred walk on if you want, pal, come on down. It was kind of like that in my recruiting process, but you were surrounded by so much talent coming in. You were an underrated player. I mentioned a guy like Derek Williams, who was the number one player in America. And, you know, when you look back on your career, the great career you had at Penn state and in the NFL, your Super Bowl champion, did you ever think, and like, not in an arrogant way at all or anything like that, but how did I do that? Yeah, you know, it's um, yes, yes is the answer, um, you know, definitely looking back and even comparing my, you know, my college NFL career, even to yours, Matt, you know, it's, it's a situation when you're where you're walking into a, you know, a program, a locker room where people aren't expecting anything out of you, right? You know, they're, you know, he's here, um, you know, for me, it was he's, you know, a coach's son, um, you know, he probably, you know, got a charity scholarship from, uh, you know, his dad being a coach at Penn State and nobody's really expecting much out of you. And 
Um, you know, in retrospect, maybe there was a little bit of a chip on the shoulder with that. But um, at the time, as I'm going through my career, you know, it was just about working hard and, um, you know, playing to the highest of my abilities, you know, much like you did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember you slinging the ball on, on scout team my, you know, <laughs> senior year and uh, people getting very frustrated with you. Um, and I'm sure you carried that same mentality into the NFL. Um, you know, as a guy that people didn't expect much out of. And next thing you know, you're starting in Oakland. And um, so it, it's it's just, um, you know, really just a mindset. Um, you know, one of those intangible things that people talk about, how, you know, how do you get to where you are? You know, if, if you're, you know, 40 time and my 40 time and my bench press, uh, we're not, you know, anywhere near what uh, people would think a wide receiver in the NFL should be doing. Um but yeah, it's just kind of an in, intangible, you know, perseverance and mindset of, you know, I'm just going to make this happen. Um, and, and for you, was it more of when you first step on campus, you first walk out there day one of, of spring ball or training camp, you know, was it more of, I need to prove this to myself or I'm, or I'm going to try to prove this to everyone around me that I can do it? Uh, you know, for, for me, honestly, it was neither. Um, you know, my faith just played a, a huge role in how I approach most things in life, but also football. And and so for me, it was more so like a, a faith thing. And man, if, you know, if God, if you have me here, um, you know, I always, I didn't even have confidence in myself all the time, but I knew that, um, you know, the way I could play and the, and the, the abilities I have had, had an opportunity to honor God, like not not so much myself or even like prove it to my team, but, you know, I owe it to somebody that gave me these abilities, you know, along with, along with my father who encouraged me quite a bit growing up. Um, so it's, it was, it was less of those things and more of that kind of faith relationship that I had. Yeah. You mentioned your dad and obviously he's, you know, he's a football coach and, you know, how, how much of an impact did he have on, on you, like growing up, teaching you about, you know, basketball, football, sports like that. Like, do you feel like you were a step ahead of any, of everyone heading into, heading into college? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, and that, that, that comes with retrospect also. I mean, I didn't realize that until probably I was in the NFL and I was like, you know what, I guess when I was, you know, eight and nine years old, I was drawing cover two defenses and like lining up the sheet <laughs> of paper with my older brother who had written like a route tree. And we were like, Oh, this guy would have been open, like, you know, at eight, nine, 10 years old. So um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would say doing things like that as a um, very young kid, you know, puts you a little bit of a, a step ahead. You know, I, I, we had Derek Moy on the show recently. And I think, you know, when, when I look back at, you know, the history of Penn State wide receivers and, you know, you can go back as far as you want. But when I look back probably over the past 20, 25 years or so, you know, I think you and Derek kind of fall into that same wide receiver Penn State category of where, this guy was a consistent player. You knew what you were getting out of him day in and day out. He was underrated. You never wanted attention for yourself. You kind of just did your job day in and day out. I mean, how important is that to have people like, you know, you on that team, Derek Moy on that team and in that wide receiver room? Because look, to be honest with you, I mean, maybe aside from quarterbacks, some, like there are some wide receivers out there today who are selfish guys who want the ball every, every play. Sure. You know, I mean, it's important. Um, and you'll see that at every level of team sports in general, right, that it's important to have that 
cog, that consistent, um, you know, consistent coachable individual that, you know, if, if something's going wrong, then you, you know that you can throw that person in the game. Um, you know, maybe, you know, the X wide receiver got hurt. Nobody else knows how to play the X position. Nobody knows the playbook that well, but, you know, you can just, you can throw Jordan in there. You can throw Derek Moy in there. Um, you know, he'll get it done. He'll go back and catch a kickoff if need be. You know, it's important to have that, um, you know, sort of player in the locker room uh, in any team sport, right? I mean, it's it's just, you know, some, I mean, sometimes the other other receivers don't know the play when they break the huddle too, and they need to ask somebody, <laughs> and that's beneficial also. You see them looking left and right, they break the huddle, and they're like, wait, 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 hang on a second. Go that way, go that way. You're right. <laughs> Jordan, uh, you mentioned it earlier and that you just spoke to Dion Butler recently, so I guess it goes without saying, but what's your relationship like with Dion and Derek at this point in time, and uh, what was it like as you guys were – tearing things up, arguably the best trio of wide receivers to play at any given time at Penn State? Yeah, I mean, it, it was, I mean, to the latter part of your your question, it was it was so much fun. I mean, uh, feeling like we were, you know, three amigos, I don't know, just uh, going out there with the intent to uh, ruin defensive backs days, um, Saturdays, right? Um, and then living together and, and, you know, learning who we are as people, through, you know, our college career as, as most people do as, you know, 18 to, to 21 year olds, um, you know, just incredibly fun. And at this point um, I keep, I keep up with Dion pretty often. He lives in Atlanta, um, you know, probably see him once a year or so. Um, and then, and Derek, I keep up with on social media and, and chat with every once in a while, but um, yeah, I mean, just, just memories that, you know, hopefully we'll never forget and always be able to cherish and, um, you know, catch up about and, um, you know, just excited for the time that, that we get to, you know, maybe watch our kids playing football somewhere. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee. For all the Ohio State haters out there, Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code Hey, Dirt, at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? I'm curious because when you guys were playing, uh, Derek, uh, known to many affectionately as D-Wheels, was a special teams guy, and then he returned kicks and punts. So when you had that pivotal punt return in Super Bowl 50 that you know ultimately led to the Broncos winning, um, did you shoot him a text and be like, hey, man, see what I did? Because <laughs> yeah, he was getting all those opportunities at Penn State. Uh, no, is the answer. Oh, <laughs> no, is the answer. But no, I mean, it, it's just, I mean, just an incredible, um, I don't know, the way things turn out is just kind of, you know, there's a lot of irony and, um, you know, I never would have thought I would be back there in a Super Bowl returning punts, having not returned punts through my college career, having not returned punts through at that point, you know, that's year six in my NFL career. And I wasn't even you know, a punt returner at that point, 
going into the Super Bowl game, I wasn't the starting punt returner. So, um, you know, if you watch the game, you'll see that Emmanuel Sanders was back there for the first three or four punts. Um, so it, it's just kind of a really interesting, um, you know, way things, the way life plays out sometimes. So, And I believe at the time, I don't know if the record still stands, but the, at the time, the record for the longest punt return in a Super Bowl, I think at 61 yards. So I'm not sure if that still stands, but still hell of an accomplishment in the moment. Uh, and speaking of records, when you were at Penn State at the time, you surpassed O.J. McDuffie, a, a Penn State legend for receptions, um, which, again, it speaks to what Matt was saying, your consistency. Uh, even better, you got to have that moment on the sideline with O.J. McDuffie, who was at the game. Um, walk me through like the, the lead up to that, because, you know, a lot of athletes, sometimes they don't care about the numbers, but they're aware of them. Uh, what was that you know, lead up like and the moment itself? Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. I mean, you know, as you mentioned before, a lot of a lot of great wide receivers have come through Penn State and, you know, to to be even mentioned with somebody like OJ. I mean, somebody like I mean, somebody that's part of the reason that I wore 24 at at Penn State um, is just really cool. And, you know, that um, I guess having that connection um, in that moment specifically and then having that moment happen and and carry on into kind of a, you know, a, a loose relationship where. Um, you know, every couple of years we'll, we'll cross paths and, um, you know, chat a little bit, but um, it, it's really cool to have that kind of brotherhood, um, you know, as wide receivers and then kind of that micro brotherhood of, you know, having that special moment together too. In, in that moment, you know, you, you pass his record. Um, what did he say to you? Oh man, that's a great question. I got hit on the head a couple of times since then, but, <laughs> um, but no, he, he was, he was, um, you know, he was very happy to to share that moment with me. Um, he did, he didn't do you know the um, hey look look what you just did you know and you know turn his back on me or anything like that. You know, it, I mean Penn State, you know the the locker room alumni. Um, you know, Joe Paterno built a, a family and brotherhood that you know alum, alumni are proud of the guys that are coming after them and. Um, you know, just like OJ had, had great words for me. I met KJ Hamler for the first time two weeks ago uh, here in Denver where he's playing. And, um, and it was awesome to connect and, and watch somebody play that, you know, reminds me of myself when I was at Penn State. So um, it's, it's a great wide receiver program to come from. It continues to get better and better. And, you know, Matt and I talk about this all the time. Uh, Matt had a chance to play with Allen Robinson, um, KJ Hamler, Jahan Dotson, I have no doubt is going to do great things in the NFL this upcoming season. Um, Parker Washington uh, is there right now and I think is really going to tear things up. But when you see the, the who's who, um, how do you how do you process all that? Yeah, I mean, it's almost hard to keep up with right I mean you didn't even mention Chris Godwin like I, like the list goes on absolutely and, um not and, to and it's really the tight cool. ends Let's not I mean not to that. mention yeah. yeah exactly exactly so I mean it's, it's really exciting um you know you you wish those guys the best and when you can from my perspective when I can I I try to connect with them and um you know I was hoping that Deshaun would stay here in, in Denver for another couple of years and you know hopefully that hopefully he can get healthy I know he's um, you know, back on the men, but um, yeah, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm really proud to be a Penn Stater and, you know, even more proud to have been a wide receiver at Penn State. You know, I, I want to change gears here for a second, because I think this, this would be a great question to ask you, Jordan, because again, like I said, like you and I kind of had similar paths, you know, to Penn State in a way and such a big topic today. And it is a big topic 
you know, at Penn State right now is NIL. And, you know, uh, the talk is that maybe they are falling behind a little bit in the NIL in comparison to everybody else, you know, across the nation. I get, I'm not sure how, how much you've been following up on that, but like, do, do you think when you see a guy getting X amount of dollars to come play for your school or money in general, do you think that can create problems inside of a locker room? Uh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, if it, if it, if it can create problems uh, in a locker room with, you know, 22 to 32 year olds, then, you know, think of the type of problems that can create in a locker room for 18 to 22 year olds. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think to be honest, I think it's wise to slow play that, um, as much as possible, um, you know, over the next, you know, one to three years, we'll see what it looks like as that, as that money. And, you know, those, um, the, the mental approach to football maybe shifts a little bit with NIL and what, and how that translates to the actual product on the field from, you know, athletes and how well they play or, you know, how much pressure they feel to uh, play well. Um, and so I don't, I, I don't mind Penn state slow playing that, um, you know, it, yeah. Penn state football is a touted program that, that's not going anywhere. Yes. Um, so if, if there's, um, you know, pa- taking pause on, on handing money over to teenagers, um, you know, large sums of money, at least, uh, I don't, I don't think there's any, any reason to, to question that pause or, or slow playing that. Well, uh, yeah. And that's, I wanted to ask you that question because uh, this question here, I think is important as well, because I've always felt Penn state is different and should continue to be different than every other program across America. As you mentioned, the tradition, the history that Penn state has, and I've said it multiple times on the podcast before, and Tom knows this, I think it takes a special person, a special student athlete to, to, to play, to play football there, you know? So how, when you look back at the program over the years and, and where it's at currently, what, what changes have you seen? Are there changes that you agree with, or are there some changes you don't necessarily agree with? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, there's definitely been changes, right. Um, you know, I would, I would say most, most all of the changes I agree with. I mean, you think of, um, you know, even the end of Joe's career as, uh, you mentioned those early 2000s when, you know, in my mind, Joe was adjusting to the way football was adjusting, right? There wasn't as much, um, you know, power eye and, and you know, pound the ball down the field. Um, and Joe had to adjust. And that's something that I think Joe was great at. I'm sorry, my kid just fell downstairs. <laughs> I heard it on the stairs. <laughs> but... Um, but no, I think that that's that's something that that Penn State is good at doing is adjusting and keeping up with the times. Um, you know, maybe in some instances they might be, you know, a year or two later than other other programs. But it's all for good reason is because um, there's a, a special thing about Penn State. There's this integrity, uh, this character that, um, you know, this aura of those things that surround the program. And, and that's why the, the kids that want to go to Penn State, that's a big part of it, um, is, is because of that character and that, um, you know, value on, on, on academics. Do, do you get back that often? And, and if you do, what's it, what's it like year in and year out, you know, being back on campus, walking back in Beaver Stadium? Uh, it's been a little while. So it's, it's, been, um, it's been a few years since I've been back for a game. Um, I was back for a spring, spring game a few years ago, but um, – 
yeah, hopefully I can get back this season and, and catch somebody at home. Uh, I know some people are going up for um, for Auburn, I believe. So uh, hopefully I can I can get up there too and bring my family. They haven't been to a game. Well, you'd have to. Well, Auburn's uh, unfortunately on the road this year for your planning well, purposes. Then. So you, I'm thinking about going as a fan. So if you're uh, if you're in the neighborhood, uh, give me a shout. <laughs> so yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. <laughs> um, Jordan, in, tor- in terms of uh, you know life after football. How, how much of an adjustment is that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's a lot of an adjustment. I mean, lo- life after sport in general, I mean, after playing 30 plus years of football every single fall, um, you know, the regiments, the, um, the expectations of, you know, doing one thing and having this result, um, it's, it's quite the adjustment. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's been a transition. My last year playing was, um, you know, the 2016 football season here in Denver, and I'm still transitioning, you know, five, six years later. So, um, you know, I think, I think it's, you know, going to be a process and a journey. And, um, you know, fortunately I have good people around me, my wife and kids and uh, parents and siblings to, you know, support me in that and, you know, understand some of my, you know, pain points and tension points that, um, you know, come from a life of playing organized sports at a high level and, you know, relying on teammates and structure um, that, you know, you, you, you miss out on immediately when you, when you hang the cleats up. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt15, paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. What's some advice that you might have for, you know, not just former Penn State players, but just young athletes that are potentially rising to the ranks of the professionals because it's just such a complicated time it's gotten very very different there's the the phrase the new media where athletes are owning their narratives publicly um hopefully they're they're learning a lot more and as as matt mentioned you're making this type of money as a teenager uh and then you're as opposed to making this money when you're for instance 21 22 23 once you get into the national football league for instance um how much are you trying to educate new guys yeah i mean i I think i think there's a couple things that are really important um i mean one being like defining your motivation you know like why is it that you want to play football at the highest level um and and there's different reasons for that right there's there's money there's fame like those are two legitimate reasons that people have for uh for wanting to compete at that level um but there's also reasons like you know faith and family and um, you know, things that happen in your past chips on your shoulder. There's a lot of reasons. Um, but I encourage guys to really, you know, dig in and define that, you know, no matter what that might be, you know, cause times are going to get tough and, um, you know, you know, you need to know why you're doing this. So, um, that's one thing that I like, one conversation that I like to have. Um, and then coupled with that is just having good people around you is, is going to be incredibly important. Um, because again, when, Uh, when times are tough or when uh, you don't know the right answer to uh, where should I go as an undrafted, you know, rookie, um, you know, free agent, what team should I go to? Um, You have no knowledge base to start from other than, 
which scouts you've talked to the most up to that point. Um, you know, it's going to be important that you have good people around you, whether that's your agent, um, whether that's a college coach or a high school or even peewee football coach. Um, I don't know if peewee football still exists, but, um, Dang. but yeah, it, <laughs> you get where, where I'm going with that. I mean, it's, it's just important to have good people around you um, and they'll, they'll help with that transition out of football too. We're obviously into August, so summer camp is underway for Penn State. What are some of your memories of those summer camps? Oh man, they're not great. <laughs> they're not great <laughs> memories. Um, no, I mean NFL training camp, summer camp in college. Um, those those are tough days. I mean, uh, they've gotten a little bit. Um, I don't know if easier is the right word, but. Um, you know, they, they, they've taken care of kids in the right way, right. With, you know, cutting back on the number of hours guys can be on the field, um, you know, cutting back on the consecutive two a days, uh, days that, that guys can have and teams can have. So, um, so I don't have very pleasant memories. I have memories of Joe Paterno yelling at me to get off the training table, um, and saying that my hamstring is fine. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, along with those memories, they're memories that really built, um, you know, some mental toughness, some perseverance, um, some punctuality, um, things that I've carried with me after football, um, you know, are really things that get built in, in those grueling, you know, late August days. So um, they're, they're, they're times that I, you know, don't miss, but I also cherish. Yeah, August for me has uh, no feeling anymore, <laughs> which is which is sad. Which is sad in a way because like once August would start to creep up, like you'd you'd be able to feel it in your stomach. You know, you'd get <laughs> like you'd get nervous. You knew what was in store. You knew how difficult it would be. You knew there was no light at the end, end of the tunnel. Um, but you're right, man. And that and that is what I do miss about the game is the grind. Um, you know, the the motivating yourself day in and day out, finding a way to get better, finding a way to get it done and be able to push yourself to, uh, you know, to where you never thought you were capable of going. I want to ask you one more question and I'll pass it back to Tom as we wrap up here. Jordan, it's been fantastic, man. Thank you so much for, for joining us here. Did you ever like the light blue jerseys, the green jerseys, the white jerseys that we had at Penn state all those years ago? Because I feel like, I feel like, and please explain what those jerseys meant because I feel like our listeners have probably seen like practice photos and it's like, why is so-and-so wearing a green Jersey today? Why is this person in a white Jersey or in a light blue Jersey? Yeah. So, so first of all, yeah, those, those jerseys, um, uh, light blue, dark blue, white, green, <laughs> red, uh, white with the red cross on it. I always um, thought it was ridiculous. I always thought, I'm sorry. I always thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it was really interesting. I mean, you know, honestly, looking back on it as a as an 18 year old, um, you know, it, it visually gave you something to aspire for. Right. Um, you know, at least in my position, you know, um, in other positions, maybe it gave you a visual of, you know, something to dislike or or like, you know, have a have, feel a certain way about. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was basically a visual represent representation of who was on the first team. Uh, you know, the light blue jerseys were the first team offense. Uh, the green jerseys were the second team offense. Um, so it was easy to, you know, maybe this was for Joe to identify guys pretty quickly. Visually. That's what I that's what I always thought. Yeah, right. Um, so because uh, I don't I don't know that they 
they do that anymore or do that after Joe left or so O'Brien. Yeah. When Bill O'Brien came in, it was white and blue. That's right. it. Quarterbacks wore red. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know that I've ever seen that um, elsewhere other than, other than, you know, those practice days. So, um, so looking at it that way, it was probably for Joe to easily identify guys and, and yeah, I mean, it made it, made it easily identifiable, but um, you know, at the same time, maybe it encouraged some guys to, you know, Hey, I want that light blue Jersey. Yeah. Um, which, you know, makes sense too. It, it fired me up and I'm thinking about it right now. I'm getting mad because I spent, I spent <laughs> right. so much, I spent so much time Jordan in that green Jersey. Yeah. It, it, I'm thinking to myself, like I, I walk in, I'm like still in this freaking green Jersey today. I can't stand it. So yeah. but no, yeah, I think you're right in a way where you, like, you eventually you get the light blue Jersey and it's like, thank God it took me five or four years to get to this light blue Jersey, man. Right. And you, and you don't want to have a light blue Jersey and have to put a green Jersey back on. Exactly. That's too, a lot. Yeah. So. You never want to take a step back. Yeah. So the psychology behind it is there. Uh, even if it was for an older person to identify people, <laughs> the psychology is sound. Who knows? Yeah. Jordan, seriously, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for those that are interested in the NFT world, how can they uh, find out more about your NFT? Yeah, they can go to thewhitelist.io. That's a website, uh, thewhitelist.io, or you know, hang out at thewhitelist.io at, on Instagram. Um, but yeah, I would love to chop it up about NFT sometime with anybody that wants to learn more. Fantastic. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck with everything you have going on. Uh, and we appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Take care, man. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, man. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN State College next Thursday, again, from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB 11, and at Tom Hannafin. Hater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.